1: Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly, and hits again! Halliburton at the buzzer, captain,
0: Pooch with another one! Oh, and the hammer <laughs> from Matherin! Halliburton oh. leaves it off for Batase.
1: Go go. good job! Oh, what a move by Heald, he lays it in! Heald, hotter than fist grease! Dropped it off to Jalen Smith! With the poster. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Come Turner on, Miles. To tie it. Yes. He does. Tied at 106. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Out running is Brissett. House it holds it to, to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Ball loose. gonna slam it at the
2: other end. What is going on, everybody? Slow news day in the NBA, but Fachi and I are here to talk about a little bit of Pacers basketball.
1: Fachi, what's going on, brother? Alex, I was driving up to the in-laws. There was no plans of recording tonight. All of a sudden, we get the news, the woge bomb we've been waiting about 14 days on, nearly swerve off the road, kept it together, and all of a sudden, there's a chance DeAndre may be a pacer within the next 48 hours. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was kidding when I said a slow news day, everybody. Um, obviously, I was completely surprised by this coming when it did. I was actually responding to a tweet, and I said, I really want Ayton bad in Indy. And literally after I pushed send Fachi, the notification popped up on Twitter. The Pacers have agreed to, uh, are going to offer whatever the tweet was from, you know, just a huge offer sheet. But we know now the Pacers technically don't have the cap space to do it until they make those moves official by waving and stretching Malik Fitz, Nick Staskis, and Juwan Morgan, as well as not guaranteeing or cutting Dwayne Washington Jr. uh, from the roster. So I will just say this. A lot of people have asked me, what is a wave and stretch? What does that mean? Okay. Think about it. Go back to Monte Ellis. Okay. We've been making jokes about finally off the books. He was due $11 million for his final year in 2017, 2018. The Pacers decided, you know what? We're going to wave and stretch that. And so then instead of paying him all that $11 million up front in seventeen eighteen, they paid him about $2 million over the next four to five years and spread it out so you're able to do that now it's not going to be nearly as big with these smaller contracts only being about one to two million at the most so that you're waving and stretching so the Pacers will have the max space to go out and get DeAndre eight and Fachi but the big question is now will the Suns match the offer sheet if it gets to that point? point
1: first off Alex it feels like the basketball gods heard you you hit said. next thing you know all of a sudden we're kicking this off but also, I got to give you credit. A couple of days ago, we spoke. You laid it out, how the Pacers could get that max cap space. And unfortunately, Dwayne Washington, that's the one player that we're like, ah, oh, man, we heard nothing but great things. But hey, if, if that's the roadblock between getting Nate over here, then, you know, I'm very sorry, Dwayne. We appreciate everything you brought to the table. But, man, will the Suns match? I Felt like they wouldn't at one point, but then Woj came back and said that the Suns are expected to match. Who knows at this point? It's hearsay. But what I will say is that the Pacers and Suns had to have gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on uh, trying to work together on a sign and trade. And I imagine this was the Pacers saying, we're going to call your bluff. We're going to get this out there. The Pacers do have, you know, it's not inked. But until 12 a.m. to be able to potentially work out a sign and trade, I feel like these number one picks, they don't just become available. The last number one pick to not you know re-up uh, on an offer sheet was Greg Oden. That was due to injuries. That's back in 2007. So this is a way different situation. In my gut, I, I feel like Phoenix is going to find some way to match or whatever, but I want to believe and say – Maybe we'll just work out a sign trade. I think that, that yeah. at this point, could you imagine Phoenix letting him walk for nothing when you have the roster that they have put together, They're a contender, so they can't afford to let them walk for nothing. So then it becomes, if we're going to work out a sign and trade, what do we have to do to get the job done? And, and right now, I mean, we could go we could hypothesize in all different ways, but in your gut, what do you feel is going to get done?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when it when it comes down to it, I feel I feel very similar to you. I feel like there's no chance that the Suns do not match the offer sheet, exactly. no matter no matter how bad it is, Foch. Like that's where I'm at. Like even if it's like some crazy thing with a bunch of you know trade kickers and all that involved in it, it feels mm-hmm. like it's just going to be a massive massive offer sheet that they're going to have to match because he's a number one overall pick in the 2018 draft going to be 24 in a couple of weeks, but he's only 23 now. You cannot let him walk for nothing. So can't. that's why I think, you know, with, you know, the agents, Bill Duffy putting out that the Pacers are going to agree to a, a max offer sheet with um, with DeAndre Ayton and Woj kind of leaking that a little bit earlier around 3 o'clock, right, two thirty three 3 o'clock. I think that was all leveraged by the restricted free agent, which we've talked about. They, DeAndre Ayton has the most leverage out of yes. anybody – in this situation. Now, look, he has to want to uh, uh, play in Indiana to even sign this deal. So I think that's a big thing. We know he really doesn't want to be in Phoenix because that's kind of been speculated. And I think it makes a whole lot of sense. So that's me is where I'm at with it all. But in terms of getting a deal done, like you said, reporting out there and the, the feel is the Suns do not want Miles Turner, which is not a surprise to me because Miles Turner Has a lot to prove still. He's on an expiring contract. He's coming off an injury. There's a lot of things why they, a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want Turner, right? But I also think the Pacers don't want to give up a bunch of picks. So they could be kind of standing here, facing off one one another, looking at what they could give up. But I think that if the Suns were able to acquire maybe two first round picks from the Pacers, which I know people are going to freak out when they hear that, um, and create a traded player exception. By dealing Aiden to the Pacers, but also maybe being able to get both the Cavs and the Celtics pick, that does help their leverage in going after Kevin Durant because reports were the Nets didn't want DeAndre Ayton. So I don't think they'd really want Miles Turner that much. <laughs> so getting extra picks would be huge, but I'd also be willing to, be to put a future Pacers pick if it's protected, um, if that would be the sweetener to get the deal done. I just don't want to miss out on DeAndre Ayton if I'm the Pacers and, and lose him for nothing and then have this awkward situation with Miles.
1: Exactly. Like, look, when when stars get traded, most of the time you see a whole bunch of first round picks are coming their way. Those are all like, you know, just mysteries. I mean, you you don't know if those picks are ever going to pan out. But what you do know is the majority of the time, the star that you're trading, he's going to continue to be a star. So in this situation, if the holdup is, hey, you know what, the Cavs pick isn't going to get it done. We're going to need the Celtics pick also. You know, you guys can just keep Turner at that point, whatever. Great. Get the deal done because, A, we've talked about it like a broken record. Don't even know if that Cavs pick ends up even conveying. Could be two second-round picks. Next, that Celtics pick. Alex, we're talking about the 25th overall pick here. I mean, who most of the time it's a long shot to even have a real career at pick 25, let alone be a starter or anything of the sort. You're talking about getting the number one overall pick from just a few years ago yet to turn 24, in my mind, yet to even enter his prime, that's a no-brainer. Then next, just when you talked about for Turner, some of you guys probably thought we were being haters when we said, guys, you got to realize Turner's value has never been lower than at this moment to the point there's a Phoenix Suns team that is just pretty much going to have Bismack Biombo as their center, and they're still saying they don't want Turner. So at this point... It, it just really has to put in reality that if Turner's to stick around, I don't know what the Pacers can get from him. It would be easier to be able to have him in this deal to be able to, you know, get the deal done, not have us include a boatload of picks. Uh, if it turns into being a Pacers, say, like, what, top 10 protective pick and we get to keep some of those other ones, I'm still fine with that because, you know, the Pacers, I don't think they're going to be great next year, but if you end up handing over, say, like, I don't know, like the 13th overall pick, but you're still keeping the Cavs and Celtics pick. At that point, we could live with that if we're getting Aiden. But at this point, Alex, I'm afraid I'm too deep in this. To if the Suns match this and we lose out, I don't know where I go from here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not that I'm I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty big on 8 Don't get me wrong. I really want this to happen. I'm not saying that, but I do know the circumstance that we're in right now. And I'm fully anticipating that the Suns match the offer sheet and he goes I back to too, Phoenix. Unfortunately, That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm kind of settling in on that reality, even though I don't like to be that pessimistic kind of, I don't feel. want to be that guy either, but you have to be realistic. And, and that's where you have to put aside your fandom and your feelings and kind of just talk yourself through it. Okay, cool. I, I love the idea that the Pacers are saying, Hey, we're tired of waiting around. We're tired of this game of chicken, this Mickey mouse game that's being played back and forth with all these different teams. Let's just make a deal. Let's see if we can call the sun's bluff. And that's kind of what it's been like this whole time. So they're doing that now by the agents coming to Woj and putting things out. They're basically saying, look, y'all got eight hours to work something out. So we're about four hours, five hours left now. So with that being said, (laughs) you know, something could happen. I think one thing to look at here though, Fachi is, Let's say the Suns aren't interested in Miles Turner, but there's another team that might be. I wonder if you could get a third team involved in a sign and trade deal that could make That's some sense point. for Phoenix to be involved. And I think this is where some negotiations might be happening right now. Just my gut feeling, not saying I have any sources, but Toronto has long been linked to Miles Turner. What if you flip Miles mm-hmm. Turner to Toronto and maybe they can flip back a player? or picks to Phoenix and then we get DeAndre Ayton and we don't get a pick for Miles, but it it's utilized in this deal. Maybe you give one of your picks up like the Celtics pick, the Raptors give up one of their picks. So now they get two first round picks to go on a Kevin Durant package. I think that could make some sense, Fashi, but um, that's just me putting on my tinfoil hat here. So, you know, I I, I want this deal to get done. I desperately want my uh, Miles Turner um you know, to, to be moved off in this trade so we can get DeAndre and then secure that situation. But, you know, at the end of the day, if an Aiton signing doesn't happen here at the Pacers and he ends up going back to Phoenix on this um, offer sheet that's that's matched, Miles My, Turner can't return to the Pacers. I'm sorry. You don't go out and offer a max contract to a guy that plays the same position, slap Miles Turner in the face like that, like completely slap him in the face and then expect that to just be all, you know, roses and butterflies. Okay, well, we didn't get our guys, so we'll settle with you. You
1: know, like, come on, that, that's not going to happen. I, I'm with you. It's like, basically, imagine being married and then proposing to someone else, another girl, but she turns you down. And then you you walk back to your wife afterwards. You go, what? She didn't even accept the ring. It's, it's not going to happen. And at that point, it's like, no, we've gone too far out <laughs> to the point where I, I, it would be, Turner would be rightfully upset. This we talked about how this man's been dragged through rumors for years and years. Is he gonna get traded to Charlotte? Oh, I hear the Timberwolves are calling. You know, we what about the, you know, there's all these teams that have been interested, and I'm sure at times he's been close. This to me feels like the closest he's ever been to being traded. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame Turner for at this point saying, all right, I want out. And and you know what? Then at that point, the Pacers could be in a rough spot because if he really wants out and he's forcing it, well, we already talked about what his market might be if we're calling other teams. But if teams know he wants out, it's going to get ugly. The trade packages, you guys aren't going to like them. And, you know, there's nothing we're going to be able to say about it because the value is just going lower and lower. And what we've seen some of these trades going on between what Gobert got traded for and then, you know, all of a sudden Durant, feels that he's available. And it's like these packages for Donovan Mitchell and this, it's like teams are saving their assets to the point for a guy like Turner. They're saying, I, I could just wait until free agency. I could just wait a year. I don't have to give up anything. So yeah. it would get ugly. The Pacers, they're, they're all in at this point. I mean, some feathers are going to be ruffled either, you know, Miles is coming back or where you're coming back from his trip and he ain't going to be too happy or you know what, he's going to get a fresh start over in potentially Phoenix or elsewhere. But there is a lot that's going to be determined in the next forty-eight hours. Uh, there definitely will be fights. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen in those forty-eight hours, but
2: I do believe that one thing we we can bank on is Bill Duffy, who represents both Miles Turner and DeAndre Ayton, is going to be working diligently to try and find a landing spot for Turner. Because I'm sure by him letting you know Turner know, hey, what's going on here with with Pacers offering this max offer sheet, you know, it's going to be difficult. So I personally believe, Fauci, that Turner is talking to Bill Duffy or has talked to him, and he's like, okay, I'd love to play for the Suns. I would love to be able to work out there and become a um, you know, a key part of a, of a championship-level team, but you know, um, he's got to figure out what's best for him and his future.
1: Yeah, Alex, I could see that. Bill Duffy, great agent right over there. Honestly, I think that Phoenix could be a really good fit for Turner because you also talk about playing with Chris Paul, a Hall of Famer, as you enter free agency for Turner, where I feel like the Phoenix situation is a great value for Turner to be able to get his value up as he hits free agency next season. So, uh, you know, definitely feels appealing, um, but also, you know, Bill Duffy representing a, a few different guys over here. Also, I believe uh, his agency represents Benedict Matherin. So I feel like there's a, you want to keep your clients happy. And I feel like if the Pacers can send Turner to a contender, that would at least keep his client happy.
2: Yeah. And that and that's the thing. You want to find a place where Turner can get that big payday moving forward mm-hmm. because, you know, he wants to get an extension. Don't get me wrong. And, I think there is some possibility that it could happen in Indiana. I just think it's very slim. Um, slim, I think so. I just don't understand, like, how you can kind of recover from this if you're the Pacers and, and, and trying to work with Miles Turner. Like, because I was kind of talking myself into the idea of, like, giving Turner an opportunity to be the solo center with with Tyrese. But at the same time, it's like I kind of felt like the writing was on the wall. And when DeAndre Ayton became available, well, I was all in on that. So, so was you know. I. It's, it's nothing against it's nothing against Miles, but um, while I don't necessarily think it's 100% accurate, I, I think you can take some of Turner's game and some of Sabonis' game and you get that in DeAndre Ayton. I don't necessarily think that like it's the perfect combination of both of them, don't get me wrong, because no. it's not. But there are aspects of both of their games that fit into Ayton and i think that's what makes it the most interesting is like some of the stuff you really like from Sabonis offensively you can get from Aiden but some of the stuff you like from Miles defensively uh, you can get from Aiden so you put those two together and i think okay that that's a pretty good player and if you think about what you were paying Sabonis and what you're paying Turner you're close to 36 37 million for both those guys you turn that into 30 million dollars for Aiden with Tyrese Halliburton. that's a, that's a pretty fair trade off fachi so i'm a i'm a little bit more Excited about the potential of what a Halliburton-Aiton duo could be, but um, I don't want to talk myself into it too much because it feels like the writing's on the wall that it's not going to happen and, and unless the Suns just are blown away with an offer and, and make a sign of trade with us.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. It's like I'm, I'm too deep in. I didn't dip a toe. I'm submerged. So at this point, I don't know. I don't know. We got to get something done. We have to. That deal right now, if we thought it was – and initially people thought, dude, just Turner, sign trade. No, it doesn't sound like that was ever, you know, really interesting. Then Turner and a pick, I feel like people are like, what? We shouldn't have to give up a first. We talked about it. This this could end up being, you know, Turner and two picks. Whatever. What I don't know what it is. Maybe we end up keeping Turner. Whatever it is, one thing you talked about of Halliburton and um Ayton, We heard Woj even say that DeAndre Ayton loves the idea of playing with Tyrese Halliburton. I think that just got me so excited hearing that because we didn't have that player in the last couple years. No offense to Sabonis, but people weren't saying, I'm dying to play with Sabonis. You know, it's like we just didn't have that. Right now, we got one of those players. And Alex, you know I grabbed the shovel. I dug up some stats. And when we're talking about DeAndre Ayton, we're talking about one of only nine guys in the league last year to average at least 17 and 10. Mm. You're getting a great finisher inside. You know, is he is he the best shot blocker in the world like Turner? No, he's not. But he's also someone who ranked in the top 15 defensive rebounding rate each of uh, three of the last four seasons. Where was you know, Turner someone, in that ranking? I, I I couldn't tell you that. I couldn't find him on the list. But uh, <laughs> you know, but look, in talking about uh, holding players to you know low field goal percentage, uh, you know holding opponents to 55 point. Yeah, yeah, 55.5% shooting at the basket. I mean, this is someone who I feel like the best is yet to come for DeAndre Ayton. But also, it feels like Tyrese Halliburton is the perfect guy for him because we talked about in terms of pick and roll. I mean, that's what Ayton excels at. Alley-oops. 135 alley-oops in the last two seasons for DeAndre Ayton. It was like... We would set off fireworks if someone had an alley oop on the Pacers in the last few years. It was like it took Isaiah Jackson getting drafted the team just to be able to get an alley oop on the court. So things like that, I just feel like shows that it's 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 changing. We're getting more athletic, and we're getting players with higher upside. Eight six eleven with a seven foot six wingspan, a nine foot three standing reach. What we're going to be able to do with that? It's just the sky is the limit. So this is the player that yeah, if you have to pony up an extra pick to get it done, do it because this is the closest the Pacers have ever been able to acquire a player of this caliber in free agency. We talked about it. David West, Malcolm Brogdon, that's the list right over there. Yeah. This time, Herb Simon has ponied up. He's put the money out there. This offer sheet is the richest offer sheet in NBA history and beats all the last offer sheet that we gave out by $127 million. It's that much of a difference. (laughs) I love it.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Oh, man, that's a funny stat there, Fauci. You're just putting out the numbers out there for <laughs> us all to see. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's great, man. I think it's awesome to see that Herb Simon is willing to, you know, budge a little bit in how he feels on his stance. Like, for the longest time, we constantly hear about Herb Simon's unwillingness to you know, give a guy a, a, an offer sheet or, or, or throw an offer sheet at a restricted free agent because he doesn't like that. And we've also heard that, you know, he doesn't like tanking. Well, look at what's going on right now, Flachi. This team is buying into a rebuild and it took some convincing, but Herb Simon is finally buying into this new era of Pacers basketball. And I've seen a lot of takes on the DeAndre Ayton stuff from people that hate it, people that love it. And I'll just say this, while the Pacers are rebuilding, you know, they're not tanking. Okay. So that's one thing that we have to make sure that we lay out clearly. The Pacers are not tanking. They're just trying to rebuild the roster. And adding a 23 year old, 24 year old center is a huge step, but it's not going to get you over the hump right away. You're going to have to continue developing guys like Chris Duarte, Benedict Mather and Isaiah Jackson, you know, guys that you feel, O'Shea said Jalen Smith, guys that you feel like are a big part of your core moving forward, but you know, Anytime you can add a guy like this who who I think easily could be 23 points a game and 12 rebounds with three blocks, given a bigger role, you know, that's an all-star level material player. So you have to really weigh your options here. I I, I understand that Aiton probably isn't like the savior and he's probably not like a 1A on a great, no, team, knows that. but he's a really great player to add to your roster as you're trying to rebuild. So I, I, I'm i sorry for the fans of Turner that are just anti DeAndre and whether I have Turner, but no, I just, I think with Turner, you're not getting the same level of impact player that you get with, with a guy like Aiden, I don't care what the money is, uh, money aside, you just look at it from a standpoint of trying to build a team for the future. And it's just, I don't see it there with Turner Fauci. I just don't see it. I think he is what he is.
1: He is what he is. This isn't like a one or two year sample size. It's a seven year sample size. I, If you were to go back to dating, if you were dating the same girl for seven years and she had the same tendencies, that's who she is. She's not going to change at that point. Love Turner. Love is loyalty. Fantastic guy. But we root for the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. And at that point, we're Pacer fans. We're in it for a common goal to bring a championship to Indiana, not to have one player win it. And when we want to talk about producing in the playoffs, Aiden's had 35 playoff games. He has 18 double-doubles. DeAndre Aiden has played in a finals, not just played in a finals, Produced in a finals, he had a game: twenty-two points, nineteen rebounds, eight of ten from the floor. I mean, that's something that, no offense, but Turner's not capable of. Not many people are. So when you look across the, the, you know, his playoff experience in thirty-five games, DeAndre Ayton has produced. And when we talk about being a one-a or anything like that, he was at best the third option uh, on the Suns. I mean, you got you got Devin Booker, you got Chris Paul, then it's Ayton over here. DeAndre Ayton can be a number two, like a solidify You could have Halliburton and not even Halliburton is a, the go-to score, but Halliburton as, you know, your, your top guy, Ayton as your second, we got Matherin over there. It's like, give him time to develop. I just feel like fits the timeline perfectly. And we talked about it. The cap is going to go up. It's going to go up. And when a guy like Turner signs his next deal, you're going to say, Oh yeah. Give me Ayton for a little bit more.
2: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. So I guess we're kind of in waiting mode right now, Fachi. We oh, are once again. Yeah. So at least we're at least we have a timeline for how long we have to wait. I guess that's the beautiful thing about this. But yeah, it's really interesting. And I'm uh am I'm, I'm very curious to see how this all plays out, what Phoenix is thinking. I'm sure that they were ticked when this cat when this got released <laughs> by the agents because it didn't come from the Pacers. So it does kind of hurt their leverage. And so now it's like, really? Like you didn't even come to us first, but I blame Phoenix. They haven't even offered DeAndre Aiden a contract whatsoever. So it's crazy to hear. How do you, I mean, even the Pacers, when they didn't want to give guys a max, like Victor, they still threw him 25 million a year, like a really good contract. Right. And he turned Mm -hmm. it down and bet on himself for whatever terrible reason that was. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think he wanted to be in here, but, you know, overall, I will say this, the Indiana Pacers are in a good spot regardless. If they don't get DeAndre Ayton, they still have all their picks. They still have all the cap space, and they can still make moves moving forward. They could still trade Miles Turner. They could potentially trade Buddy Heel. But I got to ask you, if it comes down to a trade, what are you willing to give up final offer for DeAndre Ayton by midnight tonight?
1: You know, I, I think just to even say, you know, Turner and two firsts, you know, it, it sounds crazier than it is. It, it does. But let's be honest, if they barely are interested in Turner, it's going to take two firsts over there to be able to get it done. Now we're not talking about the Pacers first round pick in any scenario. So I think they're going to want those two first-round picks to then be able to, just like you said, continue to go after Durant. They do still have potentially enough pieces if they're able to get those two first-round picks to get a deal done for Durant. So if it's Turner and two of the firsts, you know what? I'm fine because I don't want to trade a guy like Chris Duarte. I want to keep Duarte over here. So when you look at this, I don't think they're going to have that same type of interest for Buddy. So I feel like it would have to be probably Turner and two firsts. Okay. What if they
2: wanted a guy like O'Shea Bursette? Would you be willing to part ways with O'Shea?
1: I would. If there's a scenario where it's Turner, O'Shea in a first, yes, let's get the deal done.
2: Yeah. I think people would probably push back on that because of our lack of wing depth, but.
1: Oh, I mean, we don't have depth really, you know, anywhere but guards, you know, it's just like, you know, even at center, I mean, it's, it's tough over there. We got a lot of centers. What are you talking about? Well, Center, I mean, if Miles is going out, then we really don't. We'll have and Goga and then you know it's Tice. It's, well, Tice. I mean, do we think Tice sticks around? I mean, he's on the roster. He's on the roster. You got Isaiah Howell, Jackson yeah.
2: who can play center. Terry Taylor's could, a big could
1: play center, but also, you know, need him at depth at the four as well. So yeah. there's options. There's options. But Jalen
2: Smith can technically play five as well. Let's be honest. So yes. Um, can. yeah. So no, I mean, yeah, I think if it came down to Turner and O'Shea with the Celtics or Cavs pick, I would do it too. I know it sounds crazy. People are like, why? We can get them for nothing. No, that's not true. No, exactly. It's <laughs> I, get so sick, I get so sick and tired of people saying, well, why would we offer anything? when we can just get them for free. It's like, because you, there's a good chance you won't, and they're going to match it. And if you really want the guy, you're going to have to give up something. It's like doing a trade. It makes a lot of sense to do a trade. So that's where I'm at with everything. It's like, I'd be willing to move off of O'Shea because to me, it's like if the Pacers really were invested in O'Shea, one, they wouldn't have given Jalen Smith a starting position and not made it like competition for him to try to at least get that, you know, get that starting role, number one. And number two, they wouldn't have just picked up his little team option and not given him an extension or, or worked out that whole thing and tried to make it, you know, even if it was just like a two-year whatever and like who knows, but they could have, they could have attached that extension if they really believed in him long-term. And I think a lot of back and forth between his relationship with Carlisle last year. It's like, I don't know how much he's fully invested in him. And now that they're going to basically allow him to hit free agency next year, who says he comes back? Is there going to be a team that outbids us because there's a chance we could talk about half the league having cap space next year. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm not too opposed to doing it. I would definitely rather keep Duarte and not move on from him, I think. I agree. After watching him in summer league, I don't want to move on from him. But you know, like I, I don't think they'd want Isaiah Jackson. They could, but I don't know if I'd want to move on from Isaiah Jackson either. I don't so want to either. I want to keep him. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like O'Shea is like the the last player that I'd really be willing to give up in terms of like young assets that could make some sense because he could make sense for them. But at the end of the day, I just don't know if like that's really moving the needle. Like, okay, what do we give for our first overall pick? Uh, we got a mediocre first round pick, Miles Turner and O'Shea said, Okay, yeah, we'll just match
1: the offer sheet at that point. Yeah, exactly. Look, we, we all gotta remember this, guys. We value O'Shea more than other teams do because we have some you know connections with them. We've seen him develop in front of our eyes. You and I, you know, have had him on the show talking with awesome guy, want to see him excel. But for the Suns, they might just be like, Look, why don't you call us back when you got a real offer? So I feel like at, at this point, man, I don't want it to have to take multiple first and Turner, but I feel like the Suns are more likely to match this deal than they are to accept Turner and Cleveland's pick or Turner and Boston's pick. I, there's got to be a little more juice added to it. So here's the only thing that we got working on our side. The Suns, historically, not a, a, a great, you know, not really run, you know, the, the way that they should be, they would be paying a very high luxury tax bill depends how committed they are to winning. But at the same point, I would think that things would only get worse for them if they just let their number one pick walk as he enters his prime.
2: All right, Fachi, sorry to interrupt you here, but we have an Evan Massey bomb. (laughs) Uh Oh, these are always good. First source, the Pacers and Suns have made some progress in DeAndre Ayton signing trade talks, but as of now there is no agreement close from my understanding. But the dialogue is certainly ongoing. Well, okay, buddy.
1: Textbook Massey always finds a way to cover his tracks. Essentially, when you read it all, it means nothing. He basically said, there's a chance they could do this or it might not happen. It's like, okay, thank you. Back to business.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, what do you think happened when they put out that thing that they weren't going to have sign and trade talks and that they weren't going to be far away? Like, oh, come on, dude. You don't have any sources. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, this is silly. Like, okay. Always
1: covers his tracks.
2: Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I'm just laughing. People are retweeting it all over social media. So it's just like, oh, man, a massive bomb. But anyway, with that being said. Um, you know, I feel like one person that's really been on this DeAndre Aiton stuff from the Phoenix side is John Gambadaro. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he goes by Gambo987 on Twitter, and he's a radio host out there at 98.7 FM covering Arizona sports. He's been talking at nauseum about the DeAndre Ayton situation with the Pacers and been very on top of it. He said, if you add up the salaries of Booker, Paul, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Aiton, that's roughly $135 million. Fill in the rest of the roster luxury tax will start at 150.2 million. It goes up from the first five million to the next five million to the next five. Uh, could be a huge luxury tax the Suns will have for, for all four players. But he did say the Suns are committed to doing whatever it takes to win a championship. And that includes paying a hefty luxury tax of 60, 70, 80 plus million if they feel that is what they need to do. So, um, Gambo has been on it from the beginning, <laughs> so, um, I would definitely take his word and, and trust that he has much more insight
1: than anybody else that's really talking about. It. Yeah, no, honestly, I never heard of him before this situation, but he's been someone that I've seen his name pop up quite a ton, and I've definitely paid attention to his tweets. It was a great point. I mean, when I saw that, it really made me feel like we, we stood a chance. Like, well, oh, that's a pretty large luxury tax bill. Like not many people will want to pay that. And then, and then I looked at the comments and everyone was like, Oh, sorry, will never pay that. Like he'll, he'll never do that. And I was like, okay, all right. We might have, might have a chance. So I'm just hoping for the best. I think we all are. We're all going to be at the edge of our seat, AKA phone in our hand, waiting on that next Woj and Shams notification coming in. So uh i think step one is getting to 12 a.m tonight finding out if anything's going to happen and then we take it into step two knowing that at that point hey if the sign and trade is not going to be in the works tonight it's just 48 hours to go and to see if phoenix is going to match or not
2: yeah so sham Sharania has said zero about this and the whole thing so uh Doesn't feel like he's getting any insight from, from the agency. I think they're going to Woj there. So Shams taking a major L on this one, sitting out watching from afar. Always
1: love when they don't have the scoop. So they just stay completely silent because they know they've been beaten out. So it's like, he's not going to like come out with the news late and like, just get like attacked by everybody. Like he's just ducking this one completely.
2: (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Um, We'll, uh, we'll come back tonight. I don't know if you're going to be able to join me or not, but I'll be back tonight maybe with a guest if we get some clarity on the Pacers making a move with the with the Suns for a sign and trade. But for right now, I know P- Pacer fans are excited. They want to, to hear our thoughts. And, you know, I wanted to kind of lay it out there in terms of like what would be willing to give up if that's the case. So with that being said, Fachi, any final thoughts before you or give us a rundown of where people can find us at?
1: Now we just got to hope for the best. I mean, look, I, I, I want to give ownership credit over here. We, we've really, uh, you know, ownership's gotten knocked in the past. This is the largest offer sheet we've mentioned before. The largest in NBA history. We're doing it. Very rarely you know, the stars really had to align in order to make this possible with really no teams having the money to do it. A number one pick hitting free agency. It's like everything might have aligned perfectly for the Pacers in a time where we haven't had luck on our side in quite some time. So I'm just going to stay hopeful.
2: Yeah. And speaking of luck, I hope you guys have all enjoyed the athletics podcast of Andrew Lugg, Zach Kiefer, Bob Kravitz, a bunch of guys over there, Stephen Holder, just incredible podcast series. I've about four episodes through I'm on episode five right now, and it's uh, been super awesome. So Guys, go check that out if you're big Andrew Luck fans and Colts fans and just kind of want to hear and relive what happened with Andrew Luck's career. Really interesting there. But flashy. with that being said, let the people know where they can find us at on these social medias. Absolutely. You can find
1: us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenMBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok setting the Pace and Alex where they can check us out on youtube you can find
2: us on youtube at setting the pace of pacers podcast and if you can't find us there just go to google.com and type in setting the pace of pacers podcast all of us all of our podcast outlets will be there for you to find and fachi if you're excited that tyrese Halliburton's coming on setting the pace next week then say these three words let's go pacers fachi loves the wizards